That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com and experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. We're here with a very special podcast. We're just, Kasim Bentley's here. He's going to spit some knowledge to some uh, new comedians that have questions and things and stuff. And, and how exciting that he's here. There's a, he has a new show starting on Sundays from 4 to 6 called White Slavery. Right? Hoorah! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more than you think, but it's kind of what you think. You know what I mean? It's all there. Well, it's we, provocative. It's very provocative. Wait, where are you going, Jay? I'm going. Where are you going? Which mic? You going to Delirium? Go to Edinburgh. Oh, the four-minute mic? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, what are you doing here? I'm you know what? Just learning the tricks of the doing tools, man. So you can hear me get feel all this racism. You know what I mean? I'm here on the pirate radio. But you, my friend. You, yeah. Oh, there. See? See what I'm learning? You think it's all pro, but I'm learning. You know what I mean? But I'm very happy for you, man. And, and uh. I, I love what you're doing because, you know, you're like, you like, you see a lot of you guys, like, you especially, because you, it feels like, how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, it'll be a year in April. That's, it's, I'm coming out. wait, is that your ride? Yeah, don't worry. You know, that sounded very fake when you did that right now. Is that your Uber right there? Well, let's go to your Uber. No, I want to pay too. No, I'll hit you later. I'll hit you later. I saw you hit him on mute. You, you put him I on love mute. the outfit, though. It's very, like, Dominican guy got his first job. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like. It's my, mom, my mom's from Costa Rica. Well, that explained a lot right there. Right there. Give it up. Gat guy, Jason. The denim in the velvet. That's the special. Denim. That guy, he, I think he works in tech. I have no idea. He's very interesting. He's very. But it's funny about comedy is that, like, I've been doing this for about 13 years. And after a while, I try not to really get into the minutiae of it all because what happens is, like, you see, a, like, you see, it's a, there's a, 
there's something that is uh you you set yourself up for so much failure when you try to be the comedy cop or you know or the guy who really understands or thinks they understand comedy but has never done anything you know what i mean and you see that a lot in facebook you see that in uh facebook groups yeah, I mean? yeah yeah don't talk about comedy be funny yeah. that's it and it's and it's the fact that like you have to earn your i sometimes you have to earn your stripes it's like this like it was a point when i used to play football that you want to sit there and a the guy in the gym who's out of shape you don't really want to or the guy who's not all uh, you know he's not in shape or he's just he's he has the potential to be better but he's the one to the blowhard he's, he's got that good bone structure yeah but and there's he's, nothing yeah. on him <laughs> he's cement yeah he's, a, he's blessed with symmetry you know yeah. what i mean and then but he thinks he understands something because people give him some props or just some advantages but and he got laid last night, and there's all this confidence coming out of nowhere with him. Yeah, that's why yeah. he's so calm. He's just yeah. balls are drained. You know what yeah. I mean? So he's just sitting there talking to you. And But it's the guy, that guy, you always have to look at a grain of salt because you have to understand, like, you don't really want to say it's not always about making major accomplishments because sometimes if you work with them in a, in a system, it doesn't mean that you have greater, you, you're greater. I mean, you've done the work to get involved. And especially comedy, it's such a crapshoot. They understand because you know because it because it's like your comedy is wor always working against you to see if you're gonna make it. But you do know? you do you grind anymore? Do you do you? I don't see you. At all. You don't have to open mic anymore. You just oh no! I you know it's funny. I told my old lady that I, I for the last three weeks I wasn't trying to be an elitist. I just was trying to like do I'm trying to do other things like this and trying to you know get everything like set up sh you know like at night set like email bookers and all that stuff. But I was noticing that you're running into like a lot of the, your your own uh, running into my own pitfalls, like you know, like like you know, not switching up the set or you know, some shows like I was, you know, the stakes are a little higher, so you just kind of fall back on your opener or closer or what you're known for. And I w and I went to La Rocca's mm -hmm. three weeks ago. I forgot that den of maniacs there because some yeah he hosts it right yeah yeah and he hosts it great because. He's there, and the great thing about it is when you you forget where you you, you forget like what rooms oh, you forget what rooms uh, you're very con you're very confident in because you know the stage. That's why it's so funny. What I tell people like if you want to do cobs, don't feel bad about doing bringer shows on stuff because the thing about it is in the in the in the long run. Whatever you do with your career, you're going to do with it. And there's opportunity to know your awareness, your experience. But, like, if you want to get your footing, like, like here's an example. I never did uh, less than a month, like, three weeks ago. I did about, I did the Palace of Fine Arts. And I opened for a, a, a Yvonne Orgy, or I think that's, I hope that's her name. Ivana Orgy, yeah. right now, <laughs> uh, tonight. <laughs> Old vaudeville. Old, yeah, old vaudeville, like, you know, hardcore comic, Ivana Orgy. She's on Insecure, and I always wanted to do Palace of Fine Arts. It's about 900 seats, maybe 1,000. And it's and if you don't do it a lot, that shit can be scary. Out, is that outside or is that inside? Oh, I miss that building. Yeah. It's great. They have other rooms. They have 200 seaters and all that stuff. But the big one is crazy. And the funny thing about it was I don't know why I was nervous because I – had a sense it wasn't gonna pack out because she's famous, but she's black people famous. You know what I'm saying? That's a different way. And, and the Palace of Fine Arts, black people perform there. But Yvonne isn't, and this is no disrespect to her. I think she even knew herself. Like she was, she's, she's famous from Insecure, and it's a big show. But to fill 900 seats, 
it'd be like it'd be you know you know it'd be major if every show she did was taping a special you know what i mean and it was like black market t- or blacklist tickets or some shit so i get there and i and i said okay let me just i get there early so i can just kind of chill and i make sure that before the show really gets uh, you know they start loading in i guess walk out on the stage and walk it and i jump off and i just walk around because i just want to feel it all and kind of demystify like what is happening or what i think could happen because you want to see yourself i don't i don't go up there and start like some comics have really weird traditions like my boy reggie Steele, he'll like shadow box in the back of the punchline and if you see reggie reggie's 6'3 280 pounds all muscle mostly and you can see and there's a comic it's a seasoned comic you're like if you didn't know him you're like oh god he's gonna bomb so bad or if you watch brian callen he's like dancing around and doing stretches if you didn't know he needs to get his energy up you and he's already put he's prepared you know some guys they that's how you get a comedy injury though when you have those physical routines like that <laughs> so Come on, it's a dangerous sport. Yeah, but you gotta train yourself. Yeah. You gotta take amino acids. You know what yeah. I mean? Take pre-workout. Yeah, yeah, treat like Crunch Fitness. You know what I mean? I uh, I used to take uh, I remember me and Gary Anderson. We were addicted to taking this energy candy called Bang. Bang, bang. It had two A's. Bang, right? And I would take it a half hour before my set. And geez, I mean, I don't know. I because I sometimes would have you know like, as you get older. You get depleted. Your energy gets depleted. Your well, sometimes your what does will. that have like taurine and caffeine? Oh, in it? bro, it had. It was such a small candy, but it was so many chemicals in one thing. I what was the come down like from that, dude? The, Monday, that was the come down, <laughs> dude. I, I would. I remember I took a bang at the punchline. I demolished. Like I had. I don't. And the funny thing was, people think I could, I'm always up at the punchline. It's there. It's only been. So many. I mean, Beyond is doing like a week of work, but I was up there. I want to make a point. Really, I want to see how hard I could do it. So me and Gary took a bang. And Gary Anderson is one of those comics where he's good looking, but he you can look at him and tell that God is real because he's balding at a very rapid rate. You know what I mean? And a bald-headed black guy. Thank God he has such a nice head. So he shaved his head, and he's five nine, maybe five eight. Why is God real? God's real because if he was six feet, whatever, six foot two, head of hair. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be fair. It would not be yeah. fair. There's nothing worse in comedy when you see – because, like, like, you know what's funny? Everyone assumes almost male comedians are ugly. I think most male comedians are moderately attractive. I think even if you have – Representative. Of their look, of their type. Like, you're a good-looking guy. Like, see, but that's your problem. You think like a white guy. Fair, fair. Your neck's too small. But that's see, the only thing I have. No, it's, he's got a good neck. I got to protect this neck after my incident over the weekend. What happened? I don't even know. I just woke up and I couldn't Whoa, whoa, whoa. You head. can't start a sentence after my incident this weekend and follow. I don't know. Like, it's memento. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's drawn on your chest. You know, you have to. There has to be some context. You woke up and you you just woke up in the wrong place. I, I woke up and literally I couldn't turn my head. I, like, I I went to work and I was I was I had to swivel to talk to people. I would be like, "Oh, uh, hello." So you have a repetitive stress injury from work because you're doing too much with your uh, mouse and it's affecting your uh, where your shoulder attaches to your neck and so it's you're you're overcompensating. You have to like, sw- if you could use your left hand with your mouse, you're doing too much on the computer. 
Use I'm your sure. left hand. That's it. That's your advice. Yeah, left hand. In, but that's that's the ha that's the hand he uses to put the belt around or, his neck. Or more, <laughs> or more ergonomic, that the you're you're hunching with your shoulder and you're it, it's you're engaging the the thing. Do you know this from experience? You don't. Were you a deski in a past life? No, but am I, I have friends that are in the massage business. <laughs> <laughs> and they have this injury, or they treat, no, this, they injury. treat this injury. It seems it, like they would have this injury too, like the mouse and the massage. Yeah. Like, what is a massage except for just? Mouse-like movements, except with more force. <laughs> Bro, no. Have you had a massage before? I used to be a masseuse. Wait a minute, what? what I kind? used to work. For, I used to work for a chiropractor, and my job was to warm the people up. And it sounds a little bit sexual, and it is. <laughs> was there a feather involved? No feather involved, except for uh, my dexterous hands, which are feather-like. People have said. Uh, yeah. So you, so you warm the people up. And then the chiropractor comes in and he adjusts you. Did um, this is interesting because there is a certain number of Bay Area comedians who are masseuses, and like you, Gabby Pochia, uh, Liz Grant. Uh, Sam, well, Sam Gilway is a masseuse, but she got fingered by one. So uh, that, that 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 is some kind by of by the training. transitive property. Yeah, she's yeah. a masseuse. Yeah. <laughs> the best property. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Liz Grant had a one-woman show about being a masseuse. And I didn't see it, but people said it was riveting and, and informative. And I've always been wondering, like, what happens with a male masseuse? Because everyone assumes if you're going to get a massage, it is by an Asian woman that's brought here by slavery. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's the more enslaved, the better it is. I had one last night on Polk so Street. Oh, yeah. And the more she hates, like, you, like, the more she doesn't want to look you in the eye, she just, like, really gets... It, last night, me and my lady went and got a massage on Polk Street. And they, first of all, the one, it's funny, but you ever, okay, here's a funny thing. When, if you, you got to judge your massage parlor by how high the ranking is on rub maps. You ever know what rub maps oh, are? Oh, I know what rub maps is. Wait, did you just, now are you are nodding in agreement? Are you no, shaking I your don't hand know shit about rub maps. Rub Please maps is a, is a website that uh, uh, informs you how many uh, massage parlors to give happy endings across the country. But yeah. here, here's the thing with that. If if you're really high on rub maps, you're probably going to be checking the rankings as a massage yeah. parlor. You're going to be checking the rankings. If hand jobs are the thing you're best at, you're probably going to start to slack in the other areas. <laughs> and I kind of want this all around massage, you know? <laughs> so you, so you want the, so I want like a number 13. I want the 13th best <laughs> on rub maps. So I, they're going to jerk me I off. They're going to make me come, but I, they're going to give me a goddamn good massage, too. So it's, kinda like, order, it's like ordering a McDonald's meal. You want a number four mixed with a five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you really want back, neck, rub out. Oh, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll, go to two play, I'll go to two massage parlors knowing that one has a better massage and then one will make me come. <laughs> So that's a, so that should be the way they actually. Yeah, you know, on Polk Street, there are there's like it felt if it looks like every two blocks there's a massage parlor. That would be great if everyone had like competing signs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like free rub out. Like stats. <laughs> like, yeah. How, how would they market it? Is it like? It'd be like McDonald's, like you, a million came. You, you know what I mean? Is it came right there? Like, ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Or like you ever see that meter on Market Street that shows you how many bicycles have passed by? Yeah. It's just like a laser. It's just like it's a bunch of driplets. Yeah, it's just come <laughs> laser. Like, but but the interesting thing about this was my second. Uh, this is my second uh, massage ever because my girlfriend's really she's really into 
she's a Santa Cruz kind of person, so she's really into you know uh, you know uh, Eastern philosophy and health or anything. So I go in, and what I will say this: I'm really interested in getting different levels of massages because right now I'm going to the Chinese slavery ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so sad. Ooh, be worried about that coronavirus, man. Bro, I, I felt sick today, and look, God love me. Tell him to put the gloves on. Seriously, dude, don't this play. this dude grabbed me. And first of all, here's what I thought. I felt a little fat shamed because they, we came in there, and they changed the music to Lizzo. And I really thought that was a little <laughs> – I, I was a little worried about where we were going with this. And they see me, and they go, oh, big boy, right? And I go, I'm a man. Right, and they come, and they bring out the the big. Remember in Inglorious Bastards when they had the big Jew, and it was like, oh no, the bear Jew, the bear Jew. Yeah, the bear Jew. Yeah. They brought the bear Chinese guy, and, and this the guy, baseball bat, he, dude. Ding. His fingers were baseball. This guy was he was six two. First of all, rarity, six two Asian dude, yeah. right? Big Yao Ming, not kind of a like bucket head, and he comes out big dick fingers, right? Gets these crazy. On fried egg rolls of hands, right? It comes out, and he gets, and he says, head down. Put head down. Now, you know, if he knew all the English, I wouldn't trust him, right? But he knew about 300 words straight up, right? He said, head, put head down, head down. The right 300 words. The right, yeah, the right. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't doing like spelling bee words, you know what I mean? So he comes up, he put the head down, and and I forget that the hole, you have to put your head in, right? And I didn't really realize what the hole was. It's to drool in. I, I oh, oh that's dude. what it is. They put a bucket. Yes, and you know what? It was the bottom of the bucket. All the free candies they give you. So uh, I spit mine out. And it went tink, and it, it and it was just on another like candy. The <laughs> <laughs> he starts rubbing me, and oh, first of all, before I do it, it's interesting. I saw a friend of mine, Drew, who I was supposed to talk to this week because I was supposed to give her this projector, and she was there, and. Look, there's the thing about it. Like, don't act like you're broke if you're getting a massage. <laughs> like, she's all, woe is me. I need get it. Well, you know, a woman is on Facebook begging for shit. Like, uh, can somebody get me something? You got to be hot. I'm stressed because I have no money. I need to go get a massage. Yeah, I'm getting a $50 massage. And then she's like, oh. And then she said this, she said this thing that I thought, like, it wasn't disrespectful, but you got to, uh, you got to, you can't underestimate. The, you know, the worker, she's like, oh, my God. It was like, it was almost sexual. And it's like, I don't, as a man, I don't want to hear that. Like, I don't, because the guy I'm getting is now going to rub me down. And I don't want to come. I don't, I want to get, I want to get, feel better. So she was all, and she felt all better. So the dude put my face down, and then he just started rubbing it. I don't know what your style is. It probably felt pretty good, right? No, there was a lot of it. I was in fucking pain, oh, dude. Really? I was, but there were so many. Once you got, once you started, not when I didn't resist. Oh my god! Dude. Oh, it's like taking acid. You just kind of fucking roll with the punches. Whoa! Okay, now Trust and surrender. <laughs> Wait, have you done acid? Yeah. No, I, I, we already know. I mean, man, it's like, <laughs> do we? <laughs> hey, have you done acid? Have I done acid? Yeah. That is like, does a bear shit in the woods? Well, I How didn't want to assume. I didn't want to assume. Christ. I've known you for a while, and I just assume you're high on life. You know what yeah, I mean? I but like, I remember when I met you in Monica. Oh my God! Back in the day, back, back when I, you knew me when I was a poet, which was really yeah. Fun. When I was pretentious, 
I was pretentious. But she's as a good a, poet. I, oh, thank you. At the old school, and when Amnesia was really yeah, popping. when Amnesia before, and it's been sold and it's going away now. Yeah, that was and Amnesia was the first place I did comedy, and it was easy because I'd always done poetry there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's that's the thing about being a poet and going to comedy is that you have a totally different perspective on the audience. If they're quiet and paying attention, I'm like, that was a good set. They don't necessarily have to laugh because I'm coming from poetry where they're just if they're listening and not getting a drink and not looking at their phone. That's a win for me. So yeah. it's it completely changed my perspective on comedy. So when I go to the brainwash, if people aren't laughing hysterically, it didn't matter. It was like, oh, but it's silent in the room. Yeah. Win- winning. Yeah, because that was the thing about when you made it. Con- when you made the when you trade made it. Con- you converted to comedy because I was when I saw. Because well, you don't realize about the old amnesia. It was so high in the air. You look like a dictator, you know. And, and you would get up there, and she was really good. And she had her fans, and she was a former teacher, right? You used to teach, so she got up there and. Right, and there was a there was a you were a little bit different. You um, sometimes I'd take my shirt off if no one was paying attention. I'd be like, if I take my shirt off, will you listen to me do poems? And people were like, yeah. And so I just do poems in my bra, and I'd be like, I'm a feminist. Look at this feminist act. It was and I <laughs> no mean, one listens you, to you unless you're skinny and pretty. <laughs> yeah, no. And, <laughs> Look and at I, me. <laughs> I think that's when I really understand that, like, to get that message conveyed, because you get yeah, because you're a thin woman uh, who is uh, over thirty, yeah, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you're thin, and people listen because you're not a big old slob up there just yelling and shit. Cause that's what you expect. You know, she's easy on the eyes, is spam. No, cause you ever go to watch slam poetry and watch ugly teens <laughs> get up there, just yelling. You're like, well, if you put some clear seal on your fucking face, and then you maybe. Just maybe did your hair. Maybe you'd have a different t- So like, But then all the pain and inspiration would go away. Yeah, but it's just like, I, dude, I used to work with youth. I got tired going to poetry jams because it's just all these ugly kids. And, you know, they just want to be heard. And they it's could do like, it in the dark, though. Huh? Yeah, they could do it in the dark so you wouldn't have to look at them. Oh, dude. Dude, see, you should get out of comedy and you should be making producing. Do- see, you know what's producing? so goofy about comedy? I, I have written some poetry. Oh, I bet uh, you I have. I read Pam's, though. Wait, no, no. What is your poetry about? Um, that's a really hard question. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> no, in, 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 high school, in high school, I wrote terrible poems about unrequited love. Can you bring one next time? Yeah, I could bring some poems. I would love to have a, a bright light on you in a dark room and a room of people and you read your saddest poems. I bet they're really tearjerkers. I, I have one, uh, one breakup poem or breakup inspired poem i don't want to reduce it did you send poem. it to her after you wrote it oh no not at all can you send it to her now and get a response by email like i've been thinking about you what's her name mia 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 farrow <laughs> mia no no nope. mia what's her stepdaughter soon young kim <laughs> i wish no um, she's can hot we, can we call her up right now and have you read the poem oh <laughs> bro we the have content. the four one five 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 zero zero five one one um, po- but poets have different voices, so it's not fair to say like which particular voice. I have like, a, I have a poetry voice that's like comedic and witty, yeah. and I have one that's like, like super deep and like smart. And there's different. And there's like the super pretentious ones where I'm like, I'm a communist, change the world, and there's all that. So there's different voices. What do you that think people, people responded to the most when you? I mean, like. I mean, your height, like your your zenith when you're up there, when you're up there performing in the scene. Which one do you think? It was all the stuff that then brought me to comedy, the comedic poems that were all performative. That I was like, um, you you know, at 16th and Mission, people would ask. Charlie Getter always said, I was like, I don't like doing the same poems. I like doing different stuff. And he's like, 
damn, if you don't do the same poems, how are they going to ask for requests? And I was like, oh, shit. So I started, I had a couple poems that were like, people would yell them. They'd be like, do 16th and whatever, or 19th. Can you give us a couple bars? I actually, well. Zombies. You got to read from zombies. I can, I can read it. You got zombies? <laughs> There was a, here's a comedic one that was published in a stupid zine. There's, I get, I got published a lot. This is, this is fun. I wrote this before zombies were cool. I wrote this like before When have zombies ever not been cool? Well, you know, that's an easy question to answer. When the Cranberries sang that song, Zombies, that was terrible. And it was like, zombies, zombies. It's like, fucking, what is, it would have been a great song if you didn't say zombies over and over. But then zombies became very popular. And so that now that song is cool again. Anyway, this was a poem. This is so embarrassing. But this is a comedic poem that I wrote about zombies. Okay. Uh, my zombie ex fucks litter this city. I can't go to a bar anymore without rotten skin dripping into my whiskey, which is pretty fucking gross. Half alive boys drag their feet down 19th Street. One is missing an arm. A tragic combine incident on the homestead left him for dead. Now he sips bullet from a straw. The ginger back bathes his decaying gullet. He left a finger for a tip. <laughs> I didn't even know one was undead until he lost his hand in my vagina. It just broke off at the wrist. So I slipped the condom around his bones and tried to come anyway. Oh, I did, then left him for dead. My zombie ex fucks groan and foam from open sores. I'm sure they wouldn't tell the story even if they could talk. Communication with a zombie is more difficult than you think. So I will get another drink and get another drink and get another drink because I can see past death if I'm drunk. Right? Okay. Talk so I try it. to be comedic. That, no, wow, that I, poor zombie. That is the well, worst case of blue balls ever. Well, and <laughs> I don't know if zomb I mean, if zombies' balls would probably want to be the first thing that fell off. But 19th Street is a thing. And this is a story. I mean, there was a bartender at the homestead that I had a issues with. Um, and I was drinking a lot of whiskey at that time. So this was like a very true to life. Like, and I, these are my Bukowski days where I was like, I'm in graduate school and I'm just going to be drunk all the time and write poems in bar bathrooms. Like, that was what I was doing. Like, hanging out in bar bathrooms, writing really? poems. You oh, yeah. You, how long would you, would you stay there for like, I mean, be, I mean, hours? No, not hours. Well, the back room at Bender's used to be a place that I hung out a lot. And then one time I fell off a stool. Oh, and gave myself a black eye. I thought that was super cute. Um, but no, I'd go into like, I'd, I'd sit in the bar bathrooms for until I wrote a poem, something quick, and I'd go out. This is a sidebar. You heal very quick. Oh, thank You're you. You're like Wolverine. Right, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't it like last week yeah. you had like, no. your whole face was like, it a was, moon emoji it was, or something like it that? It was the first of the it was the first 20, of the month. two days ago, right? Ah. Twenty four days ago. So I'm twenty four days sober. Hey. Thanks for being here, Ian. He's a good writer. Well we can yeah. we gotta get out of here too, or we gotta go to delirium and do yeah, and let's, do let's jokes. Uh, get out of here. Maybe go see yeah. Warhol and right on. Uh cool. Let me show you how to Cool. Uh, put up, put up uh, CD one, and then we'll all say goodbye. This was Kasim Bentley and Ian Bardenstein and Sam Carroll and Pam Benjamin just talking shit. Yay! What? Everyone's dietary needs. They don't.
July 1946, Paris. In the reception room of that palace on the right bank of the river, a hale and hearty journalist heckled for a quarter of an hour a thin man with deep marks of suffering and privation on his face, who had in front of him a small vase of pink roses. Round about were nearly 100 reporters and observers from all countries. Mr. President, you are a communist, aren't you? Yes, the man replied sedately. Have you been in the resistance? Ladies yes. and gentlemen, Angelo How long? Lamenti. About 40 years. Have you been in prison too? It was clear what the journalist was driving at. Yes. What prison? Many, sir. Long? The thin man looked at the hale and hearty journalist with a faint smile and said, in prison, time is always long, you know. The reply given in French was prompt, clear, and unexpected. Was it said as a reproach, as irony, or as humor? What is certain is that at that instant, Frenchmen, Englishmen, and Americans in the room were astonished to notice that the goatee-bearded scholar could smile in Paris or in London as well as in Hanoi. It was the unscrutable smile of a wise man whose vision stretched far beyond today. Have you any further questions, journalist? In prison, time is always long. Ho Chi Minh, prison diary. Arrested at Tukbin Street, Abundance and Glory Street. At Abundance and Glory Street, shame was thrust on me so as to delay my journey. I am an honest man with a clear conscience, but I was accused without ground of being a spy. Entering Sing Si District Prison, Old inmates of the jail welcome new prisoners. In the sky, white clouds are chasing the black ones away. White clouds and black have drifted out of our sight. On earth, free people are huddled into the jail. Hard is the road of life. Having climbed over steep mountains and high peaks, how should I expect on the plains to meet greater danger? In the mountains, I met the tiger and come out unscathed. On the plains, I encountered men and was thrown into prison. 
I was a representative of Vietnam, on my way to China to meet an important personage. On the quiet road, a sudden storm broke loose, and I was thrust into jail as an honored guest. I am a straightforward man with no crime on my conscience, but I was accused of being a spy for China. So life, you see, is never a very smooth business. And now the present bristles with difficulties. Morning. Every morning the sun, emerging over the wall, darts its rays against the gate. But the gate remains locked. Inside the prison, the ward is shrouded in darkness. But we know, outside the rising sun is shown. Once awake, everyone starts on the hunt for lice. At eight o'clock, the gong sounds for the morning meal. Come on, let's go and eat to our heart's content. For all we have suffered, there must be good times coming. Noon. In the cell, how lovely it is to have a siesta. For hours, we're carried away in sound sleep. I dream of riding a dragon up into heaven. Waking, I'm brought abruptly back into prison. Afternoon. Two o'clock, the cell door opens to let fresh air in. Everyone raises his head for a look at the sky. Free spirits haunting the sky of liberty. Do you know your own kind are languishing in prison? Prison meals. At every meal, only one bowl of red rice, without vegetables, without salt, and even no broth to go with it. Those who get food brought into them can sometimes eat their fill. But without help from outside the jail, we groan with hunger. The Gruel Inn. At the side of the road, in the shade of a big tree, a thatched hut serves as an inn for passing travelers. But there's no wine for the guests of this institution. The menu is just cold rice gruel and white salt.
Black Plastic is a show you're tuned into in this station that's coming to you from the Mission District in sunny San Francisco's MutinyRadio.fm. Please keep a listening.
I don't know how brave you are, but I am afraid of waiters. Somehow, they always end up telling me what to eat. But once, at least once, was I a hero. The scene is one of those restaurants that isn't responsible for your hat or the service. The waiter is a determined, independent gent who doesn't take orders. And printed right on the menu, next to the blue plate special I'm about to order, is a gentle warning, positively no substitutions. Positively? Well, let's see. Waiter, I think I'd like to have this uh, special dinner here. Yeah, what do you like to have? Uh, let's see now. Uh, it says a uh, dollar and a half uh, tomato juice, vegetable soup, roast beef. Do I have to take that tomato juice? Can I have uh, pineapple juice instead? No, we haven't got it. And that's the bill of fare. It's made up that way by the chef, and I have to I wait. I mean, but have you got some, uh, uh, let's see, any other kind of juice? No, only tomato juice. Only tomato juice. Uh, vegetable soup. You got any uh, consomme or anything like no, that? No, no. Vegetable soup, just the way it's on the bill of fare. Vegetable soup, huh? I don't like vegetable soup. Well, I can't hurt that if you don't like vegetable soup. You eat the roast beef and pay a dollar and a half just the same. Could I have a, could I change the soup for some uh, fruit salad? See, I got uh, some custard in my beer. Oh, wait, 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 no, wait, just a second. All right, now the roast beef uh, with carrots and peas. Uh, can I change that to string beans? No, carrots and peas, that's the standard. Oh, but carrots and peas, I don't like carrots and peas. Oh, then you eat it without carrots and peas. Well, what other vegetable can I have? Uh, nothing. Eat the potatoes. Double portion potatoes. Uh, can I have any vegetable? No. Can I have a salad? No, no, no salad. Hmm. Uh, what flavor ice cream you got? Vanilla and chocolate. No strawberry? No strawberry, no. Not today. Well, what other dessert? You have That's any? Oh, van vanilla and chocolate ice cream. Either you take vanilla or you take chocolate or two without it. No, but look, Mister, you're taking my time away. No, no, no wait, just a second. I, I want this dinner, but I can't find anything I like on it yet. Well, I don't like tomato juice. Don't like tomato juice. You don't like no soup, but you like the roast beef. Yeah. But you don't like no carrots and peas. Right. You want ice cream, but you don't like the vanilla ice cream. You don't like the chocolate. If I could have this dollar and a half dinner with tomato juice, I'll even take tomato juice. Yeah. Nice consomme. I got no consomme. All right, all right, all right, wait, wait. Roast beef with uh, string beans and French fried potatoes, and I'll even take the ice cream. No, 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 nothing to it. Either you take it to your... Ask the chef, maybe... No, oh, no, I don't go in the chef. The chef's gonna run with the kitchen knife after me. No, 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 no. No, sir. Can't you change it a little bit? No, no, nothing changed. According, that's the standby, and that's all that's to it. I'll work on according to schedule. The what? According to schedule. That's a schedule for me. What do you mean? It's a dinner. That's all right, but for me it's a schedule. What I've got on here, i got to sell. I can sell nothing else what I haven't got on there. Well, maybe he's got a lot of, of pineapple well, juice or something i got to get rid there. of this stuff first, eh? Well, what, are you trying to get rid of it on me? Well, if you don't take it, somebody else will. I, I have to eat. Yeah, but... You're here to serve me. Yeah, but... I want this dollar and a half dinner, but I want to make a couple of little changes. Ask him about it. 
Could you take the carrots out and only peas? No, the carrots and the peas is together and takes two men to pick the, pick the carrots out. Then when I bring the peas, you want the carrots in it. I don't like carrots. I can't stand it. Don't eat them. Just pick out the peas. Take it or leave it.
Flat Black Plastic is a show you're listening to on Mutiny Radio. I'd like to present the next group, beginning with the pianist, Wynton Kelly. 
bassist is Paul Chambers. The drummer is Jimmy Cobb. On tennis saxophone, John Coltrane. Miles Davis.
I've got good news. That gum you like is gonna come back in style. Where we're from, the birds sing a pretty song. And there's always music in the air. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Bruning and Dance of the Dream Man.
The concept behind the sandworms of Dune has attracted swarms of questions and speculations. The answer is that they are the mindless monster from the depths. At the same time, they are the guardians of the priceless treasure. They are both the source of treasure and the source of infinite danger. What is that except the embodiment of all the unknowns which confront questing life, questing awareness? Here is what it says in that definitive compendium, the terminology of the Imperium. Shai Hulud, Sandworm of Arrakis, the Old Man of the Desert, Old Father Eternity, and Grandfather of the Desert. Significantly, this name, when referred to in a certain tone, or written with capital letters, designates the Earth Deity of the Fremen Heart Superstitions. Sandworms grow to enormous size. Specimens longer than 400 meters have been seen in the deep desert, and they live to great age unless slain by one of their fellows or drowned in water, which is poisonous to them. Most of the sand on Arrakis is credited to sandworm action. They are gigantic chemical engines, alive and driven by their own needs, converting the raw stuff of their planet by heat of friction and chemical conversion into the priceless spice, Maelarge, and into oxygen. Yet, they derive from the little maker, the so-called sand trout, which is identified as the creature which sealed off their planet's water, making it into a desert. Here, then, is the sandworm of Dune as you first see it from a position in the ornithopter, piloted by the Duke Leto, accompanied by Gurney Halleck, the young Paul Atreides, and Liet Kynes, the imperial planetologist. Paul stretched up in the seat to peer ahead, saw a rolling yellow cloud low on the desert surface, some 30 kilometers ahead. One of your factory crawlers, Kynes said, it's on the surface, that means it's on spice. The cloud is vented sand being expelled after the spice has been centrifugally removed. There's no other cloud quite like it. Aircraft over it, the Duke said. I see two, three, four spotters, Kynes said. They are watching for worm sign. Worm sign, the Duke asked. A sand wave moving toward the crawler. They'll have seismic probes on the surface too. Worms sometimes travel too deep for the wave to show. Kynes swung his gaze around the sky. Should be a carry-all wing around, but I don't see it. The worm always comes, eh? Halleck asked. Always. Paul leaned forward, touched Kynes' shoulder. How big an area does each worm stake out? Kynes frowned. The child kept asking adult questions. That depends on the size of the worm. What's the variation, the Duke asked. Big ones made head explode, about it. kilometers, small ones. He broke off as the Duke kicked on the jet brakes. The ship bucked as its tail pods whispered into silence. Stub wings elongated, cupped the air. The craft became a full thopter as the Duke banked it, holding the wings to a gentle beat, pointing with his left hand off to the east. Oh, thinking about 
was a time before you, and there will be a time after you. Though these bodies are not our home, walk tall, little one. Walk tall. Just a little, I can make it work for your while. Ain't you digging me a little? Damn it, look good when you smile. Just a little. Don't worry about the change. Don't have a change. Don't have a change. Just friends, 
or is this more to you? But if we lay for this just picture, what we might lose? Yes, that unexpected kiss, the whole feeling that brought me to you. Meanwhile, my feelings grow.
y'all don't understand me. My plan B is to win your hearts before I win a Grammy. Kendrick Lamar. Words like a sword in the hands of a spot. Marching on Rosecrans and Compton. You can't cause conflict or corrupt my spirits. I'm on point like period. I've been there and gone before you get near it. Ooh wee. That boy remind me of a young Martin Luther. The way he pieced up troopers and round up shooters like Malcolm X did. I stand for what I believe in. Family, God, and honor. From Chicago, my daddy and my mama came to Compton to accomplish one thing. Raise a king, reign supreme, named Kendrick. I ain't lying to stand for king, and I am one. My unborn son and grandson will live royal. From the coochie to the soil, the meek shall inherit the earth. Well, I had this world since birth. Feel the good kids hunger. The Crips make strong, the Pyrus make stronger. Muscle in my heart, staring at the eyes of Mozart and tell him I'm the genius. Do my Dougie and grab my penis, cause I mean this with all my soul. And you can't control greatness unless you hating with the heart of Satan. But even that can't stop it. Nigga, get out my wallet and put passion in your logic. Passion in your life. The passion of my crisis in me. And if you say it ain't, you may offend me. Damn that boy, good. Brightest Thomas Edison, but Gucci manhood. He stood alone for so long, prolonged his whole career. But now he's here, you can shoot shots with cheer, cause I. Shucking and jiving, stealing and robbing To get the fixing that you're itching for Your family stopped inviting you to things Won't let you hold the infant you Used to get a little up From time to time But the freaks ain't trying To sleep with crack it It's in stones In glass homes You're smoking stones in abandoned home, you hit them stones and you broke your home. Crack rock, crack rock, crack rock. Cricket cap, dead cap, 
How much dough can you push to me? Crooked cop, that cop. No good for community. Fucking pick his shots. 300 men will search for me. My brother get pops. And don't know I'd hear the sound. Don't know I'd hear the rounds. Sound. Don't know I'd hear the shouts. Ooh, shouts. Don't know I'd hear the sound. 